welcome to WrestleSplania, the podcast where I, Kath Barbadora, a wrestling fan, introduce my friend Rachel Millman to the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Yay! What's up? Not too much. We just had a wonderful recording session with Chris Wolf. We did. Uh, listeners will have heard that last week. Um, thank you for listening and presumably loving it because she was the best. She's so warm. Sweetheart. So just, ugh. I love her. Yeah. Uh, it was super fun. And then she played with uh, Lady and Meryl, and she's clearly a friend to all animals. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> wunderbar. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it's nice to have somebody to relate to and to, like, you know, have understand you and you understand them. <laughs> well, uh, we also sort of spoiled this episode a little bit on the Chris Wolf one because uh, Chris watched a little bit of our subject today with you when you mm-hmm. were getting ready for this episode because she mm-hmm. came over a little early. Uh, today we were talking about Maki Ito. Maki Ito. Okay. Uh, we <laughs> we adore her. Um, we pretty recently got to see her WrestleMania weekend at the DDT show God. and uh, took a wonderful Mark pick with her. And her 8x10 is on my nightstand. <laughs> I'm very jealous because we only got one. We paid for half of it, so I guess it needs to travel between our two houses. Yeah, I mean, I, we, can, <laughs> we can swap it. Like, if you want the Elias, I'll keep the Maki, and then if I want the Maki, you can have the Elias. What we really need is we need to make enough money to have a dedicated studio and then put all of the stuff people have sent us in the studio. Oh, we have, like, yeah. a bunch of amazing stuff, and... It's all here, which is fine because two thirds of the New York based part of this podcast live here. But uh, it'd be nice to have like a shrine, you know? Yeah. Because we've got, yeah, we have the Ilias art. We have the Maki Ito 8x10. We have the WrestleSplania tag title now. Mm-hmm. Or I guess there's only one. So it's just the WrestleSplania single title. Um, yeah. We and just, I, I and have a good segue for um, like, you know, a little shrine if you want to hear it. Sure. Uh, people usually have shrines for idols. There we go. <laughs> Maki Ito, the failed idol. Um, oh God, I love her. Yeah, she. I relate to her so much. Oh my and I God. Think so a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about comes from a really wonderful interview uh, with Maki that was translated by friend of the show Johnny Landmine. Um, it's super good, and it kind of goes through her whole trajectory from. Japanese girl group idol to a pro wrestling superstar. I fucking love her. It's so good. Um, Yeah. So Maki, she's a pretty recent wrestler. Um, She's pretty new. And uh, she started with uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is the um, like women's, the Joshi uh, promotion that is sort of the sister promotion to DDT. So they do run independent cards, but they also often run stuff together, which is how we saw her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she was in a group called Link, which yes. we watched a video for, and there are like 900 people in it. Yeah, that's not really like a high overestimation. I think <laughs> I, I kept pausing it and counting them, and I got 13 or 14. <laughs> Which, like, that's 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 always what really impresses me with uh, K-pop and J-pop is that they have way more people in their groups. Yeah. Like, BTS has seven guys. Yeah. And there are, like, these girl groups and, and like, boy boy bands, too. Um, there are so many people there are, like, subgroups of them, which, like, Link had, like, subgroups. It's very – it's so much. She it's- started off understanding factions, which is important. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Um <laughs> Do you? We should probably talk a little bit about what an idol is before we get into this, because Maki Ito's sort of her gimmick is that she's a failed idol. So, idol culture. Do you want to give yeah. your understanding of it? My understanding of idol culture is that it's 
essentially it's a lot more transparent version of what happens when a child gets a Disney show, which is that you become an idol in usually Japan or Korea. Um, and basically it's that you have to be a person that teenagers are going to love and they're mm-hmm. going to love you and you have to adhere to these wholesome values and be and fit into this slot of like what an idol should be which is like you know positive and happy and beautiful and thin and all of these things and maki was not good at it (laughs) okay yeah Yeah. so that like yeah it's it's like an even more manufactured version yeah and it's and it's like you said it's more transparently manufactured and in talking to chris i like mentioned the idol system and how i thought it's fascinating that it's like a very transparent thing and she was like they have it down to a science there and what i didn't realize at the time is that it's kind of the like the the old school like movie movie star system yeah yeah, like if you came up to the studio and that's Part of why I think, especially in the Western world, there's such a fascina- fascination with uh, Tom Hanks because he's sort of the last. Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise are sort of like the two last people to come up through the traditional movie star for picture deal system. Really, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's just really fascinating that someone would go from that world to um, pro wrestling, which is obviously a lot of her appeal. But the more you kind of think about it, the more you can draw some pretty significant parallels between like the idol training and the wrestling training. I think. Yeah. And to me, like what is so interesting about Maki Ito's character is that it's like this avatar of like failed femininity where it's like, she couldn't fit into this like ultra conformist, like ultra formalist, super manufactured, acceptable version of femininity so she went like the totally other way and she's just this like screaming abject headbutting yeah middle finger throwing like fuck you uh i'm not gonna be who you want me to be type of thing but at the same time like the sort of formal regimented way that you train to be an idol it, if you've been through that, it makes sense that the formal regimented way that you train to be a wrestler would come pretty naturally to you. And I think in both instances, it's like there's a lot of pain involved in both of those things and a lot of suffering. It's just a different kind of suffering. Yeah. And in the interview, she clearly indicates that she loves the physical pain way more than she liked the emotional pain. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like the interviews and a lot of the way she is in the matches that we watch for this, it reminded me of, and you know we kind of crap on it now, but there's like a there was a there was a, a very decisive era I would say from like 2012 to like 2016 pre-election before all of our brains broke of like there is a new way to be feminine and loud and bold specifically in online circles, and she's so reflective of that to me. <laughs> what, how so? Of just kind of like you know what, like I'm beautiful. I'm going to do my makeup. I have my skincare routine, but I'm also going to live tweet every time I get blackout drunk and throw (laughs) up in public. And like we talked, we, we talked about like the glass gutter a little bit on our Oedo tie episode, but she's sort of a different iteration of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think like one thing she says in the interview is she was like, when I was an idol, I felt nothing. And now that I'm a wrestler, I'm constantly suffering and it's so much better, which I think is like so funny. <laughs> yeah. I just, this is the sort of, I feel like I'm going to do some things that like the people who don't like us and don't listen to us anyway, 
aren't going to like but it's just kind of like there's so much you could take from that and sort of write about and really analyze with that of just kind of like because the first thing that happens when you start to get help for like mental stuff is like the first thing that comes back is suffering and pain but it's like yeah. i can feel again yeah, yeah great yeah. yeah um that is definitely like very relatable i think is like at least i'm feeling something which is kind of kind of maki ito's whole like motto is like yeah at least i'm i'm giving everything and maybe me giving everything isn't enough and maybe it's sloppy and maybe it's not like palatable but i'm giving everything and that's what's important which yeah. i think is like very cool and very kind of subversive especially from someone who it, it it's sort of complicated the way she sort of realized she wanted to do wrestling and, and she ended up getting fired from the group, but the way it's sort of spun is she's a failed idol. Yeah. So it's really interesting coming from somebody with that background and especially like, I don't know. I I've um, last night I was reading uh, some Leslie Jameson essays. Do you know her? She wrote a book called the empathy exams. Yes. Okay. Um, she, uh, a while ago, like a, probably five years ago now wrote, this essay called the grand unified theory of female pain. And, um, it, it just talks a lot about like the cultural avatar of like a suffering woman and the way that, um, women are expected to internalize their suffering and, and not be these sort of messy, hard to fit into like society, uh, screaming hysterical messes like Maki Ito is. Yeah. And I was just thinking a lot about that essay when uh when I was watching these matches and and how like there there is sort of a dramatic kind of fetishization of female suffering, but it doesn't look like Maki Ito. The yeah, you have to suffer beautifully. And she specifically it's it's interesting how she is like, I'm not giving up my skincare routine. I'm not giving up doing my hair. I'm not giving up my makeup. But like she does not. She suffers ugly. Yeah. Well, there's also this thing of like she's not she's very cute, obviously. Like we're going to talk about the match that she's feuding with someone about being the cutest in the world. <laughs> um, but she is, I think, like very pointedly, like not sexy and like not um a sexual being like she jokes a lot about how she's never had a boyfriend and that she's like a 23 year old virgin and yeah like, and it's not titillating it's like I'm a failure like I'm I have failed at all of these hallmarks of femininity I'm a bad idol I can't get a man like and she's dressed like a toddler like which when I first saw her I was not into I was like this is creepy I don't like that she's wearing like bloomers like, this is weird. Is this supposed to get people off? Yeah. And the more I watched the character, I was like, oh, no, this is like this is everything about femininity that like turns men off. Like, this is like creepy little girl shit. And she's screaming and she's headbutting and she's like externalizing all this pain. Like, this is actually a lot more interesting than uh, uh, like sort of Britney Spears jailbait kind of little girl thing sorry you know? to specifically bring her up on the show again but she's the nega ariana grande a little bit yeah because the first Ariana. have you ever seen the first uh cover for ariana grande's first full-length album that had to be scrapped no it's full creepy lolita in a way that you, yeah. you like a, a specifically people a lot of people but you would 
fucking hate. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's terrible. Like she looks even more like a little baby than yeah, she, she creep- does now. She creeps me out just yeah. in general still. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I know she's like an adult woman and she can do what she wants, but I'm like, you look like a child and it's weird and I don't like it. That's what you're going for. <laughs> um, still makes bangers. I still haven't tried the cloud drink. I will. Uh, I'll get to it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, it also, you remember the, uh, the 30 Rock episode with the sexy baby girl? Yes. One of my favorite ones. One of my favorites. Yeah. It's that's that's what it is, is that she's doing like I'm a sexy baby. But yeah. like in the she's doing it with that annoying voice I just did. Who, Maki Ito or Ariana Grande? Uh no, Maki Ito of like, I'm a sexy baby. <laughs> but I feel like it's like not sexy. Like my I she's like she's dressed like a baby, but then she's also like not acting like a baby she's acting like an animal which i think is like a a whole different thing like um she says in the interview she says uh everything i do in the ring and everything i say on the mic comes from a desperate place which i think is like her whole energy is that which is like not sexualized to me like yeah it's it's kind of like too emotionally vulnerable to be sexualized. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I haven't watched Fleabag, but based on the amount of slightly older, uh, successful professional women who told me that I would really like like it, <laughs> which is kind of an insult. Um, I will say, <laughs> as your friend who is not m- older or more successful, I love Fleabag. No, I know it's I'll love great. it. I just know that the recommendation is coming from a place of like, I bet you sleep in a lump, which is like, <laughs> fuck you, I do. Uh, <laughs> But I get the I get the I get the vibe that like she like Maki Ito and Fleabag are from like similar places of like really no Fleabag is like malevolent she's like she uses her sexuality as a weapon yeah that's true a very different way I feel like it I feel like it's different but but you should watch Fleabag I will I will I will (laughs) Um, but I feel like you know I see her and you I think think of like a lot of other cultural stuff touchstones like i think of villanelle wearing the big princess dress to the therapy session and killing mm-hmm. eve mm-hmm. i think of the the sexy baby thing in 30 rock like yeah. i think of a lot of things at once of just kind of like that she's this distillation of that yeah 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 um she she's really cool and i think she's doing something that like not a lot of other people are doing specifically like um I don't know. Another parallel that uh, we've sort of jokingly brought up before because we've talked about setting them up is Chuck Taylor (laughs) is like she has kind of a Chuck Taylor like failure, like the appeal of like the failure baby face that like I feel like Chuck Taylor has is like sort of similar is like I can't do anything right, but neither can you. And that's why you like me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And what I also think is really like wonderful about her and what's wonderful about her specific to the promotions that she's in is that wwe will has will never let a woman character be those things be a failure be a failure and reject being sexual and like that like not not reject being sexual well i mean i'm just thinking like there's like nikki cross like there are people that are sort of that but it's it's a different thing it's not as it's not as like uncomfortable it's not as uncanny yeah and because it's also she's nikki cross is the the nikki cross character but she's not doing it as a direct fuck you to it she's just like she's crazy and she screams and she's fun but like maki is a direct fuck you to all of these things and that's why i just don't think that they would allow that 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how this character would translate uh, in America. I think it specifically works um, because it's like in this in this context with this idol culture and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they, there could there could probably be an American version of it, but yeah, it would. I think it would look really different. It um, would have to be like Demi Lovato or something. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. Of just kind of like this rejected me, I reject it. Fuck this. Yeah, like. Uh- I could easily see Maki Ito commenting on someone's Instagram, get a job, stay away from her. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. She would definitely do that. She, by the way, the other reason she is a lot like Chuck Taylor is that she's like very good at online. She's like, her Twitter is like very funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah. She's, uh, she's really cool. So, um, the first kind of thing that she did in wrestling that got attention was she was trying to, um, like sell out this venue and she started cutting promos on the venue on Twitter where she's just like screaming at the venue and it's so funny and like so weird. Oh, and she flips out at the seating chart. Yeah. She's just holding a paper with the seating chart, like screaming at it because she wants to sell out the venue. It's so funny. It's really funny. And I also really respect that. Like that's a bit where you could have gotten it in 30 seconds, but it goes long. It's on like two per- minutes long. It's too long, <laughs> but it, it there's a reason it's too long. I feel of just kind of like you're going to feel uncomfortable at this person losing their shit which like again i feel like is her whole thing is it's like it's these things that are sort of hinted at and flirted with like turned up all the way like i'm too i'm too much like i'm i'm too infantilized i'm too brutal i'm too all of these things and that's why i couldn't get an audience and get fans as an idol because like i just am not i'm tone deaf about this stuff which is like perfect because like i think that's how every human feels but especially how every woman feels is like I'm just too I'm too much I don't fit into these into these roles like I I my boundaries expand beyond them yeah and I feel like especially like we as women like we can look at any other woman and be like oh they fit into this they do that and that woman feels the same way absolutely of just kind of like you know I feel like I have slightly too wide hips or like my elbows always hit things or I'm too tall or blah 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 and like Everyone feels that way. Yeah. But for sure. And and I think that's why like my first response to Maki Ito was like I'm skeptical of this because it's like she's so little and cute and she's wearing like a little Sailor Moon outfit and I'm like what what is here for me? You know yeah. like who who in this promotion am I going to like? Like everybody in Tokyo Joshi Pro is like a little kind of a little pixie. Like they don't have any big bruisers or like yeah. anybody with a different body type. And so I was sort of I, I had that sort of internalized misogynistic thought of like, what what can I take from this? Like, yeah. what, what's here for me? And then you realize you're right, absolutely right. Like, this is something everybody feels. And it can be vocalized by by someone like Maki Ito. And like, she's vocalizing it really well and really interestingly. Yeah, I, it's just, what's, and I do feel you because I, I didn't actually know as much about the character when we had to go see her. I knew she hit people with her head a lot screamed flipped the bird and like was a failed idol but like i saw her in person i was like she doesn't have pores yeah she's really cute (laughs) she's adorable and so you know i get why you immediately felt that because you had no context and you're seeing like somebody dressed as a baby like falling over and everything but like i see her and then i read this quote that like a manager told her like you're too ugly stick to the variety shows which is like mind-blowing and you get angry on her behalf absolutely um yeah it's her talking about being an idol is interesting there's a really funny clip of her where she's 
doing this thing on like some variety show, I think. And it's like her and the other people in her group, they're like pool noodle battling. Yeah. And she just immediately goes for the other girl's head and makes her cry (laughs) and it kicks ass. So the first time I watched that, (laughs) I was like, oh, this is a wrestling thing. Like that other woman is selling really well. Right. No, she's just crying. No, Makito's just again too much. Yeah. I, I, it's immediately stark too that like the other girl and like, it's not knocking the other girl. She's very cute. She's in this cute little I'm white sure bikini. I'm sure she's really good in Link. I'm yeah, sure she's, she's great at Link. She's great at Link. <laughs> she's cute. She's in this little white bikini. She's got like this slight little body and Maki Ito's in like a blue one piece and like her hair's in her face yep. and she's, you you know what she's going to do before she does it. Yeah. You can tell. <laughs> you can she, tell she's like a little fucker. Yeah. She's Ramona Quimby. Yeah. She is very Ramona Quimby. Yeah. Um. So... Apparently Link like did some stuff with DDT and that's kind of how she got a taste for wrestling. And then uh, a few years later she decided to like, she kept kind of experimenting with it and then she decided to go full time. And um, the thing that was sort of her breakout match where she started getting attention, at least according to this interview was a match we watched that she had with uh, Dan Shokudino, another person we saw in, uh, in the DDT show, um, who I, I knew about. Did you know about Dan Chocodino before I we went to that show? I knew of him as the ass guy. Yeah. So <laughs> his gimmick is like very problematic. I'm not going to lie. Um, Dan Shoku in when you go to the DDT website and you look at it in English, which is just you click a button and it yes. translates. Um, Dan Shoku is translated just as sodomy. So his name is Sodomy Dino. Yes. So like. Yeah, he's he's a dude who tries to, like, fuck all the other dudes. Like, that's his character. I will say seeing him in person, though, like, he was, like, very charismatic. He, he was, like, very fun. Incredibly charismatic. And what I did note, this probably doesn't happen all the time. So, like, I'm going to get out ahead of this correction. But what I noticed is that, like, when he went through the audience looking for people to kiss, he only went to people who raised their hands. Oh, thank so, you, like, Dino. And, like, or people who were obviously indicating it. So yeah. we mentioned it before, but, like discord member and friend of the show josh like obviously indicated towards it and he got a big fat wet kiss on the mouth and it ruled and it was really funny but they're so fast that that shit unravels yeah and and it also like it i think that there is like cultural context that makes it sort of iffy because like the status of gay people in japan is like a little different and you know it's I'm not going to condone that character, but I will say uh, it was fun to see live in the U.S. And uh, this match that uh, he had with Maki Ito was really interesting, I think, because of the fact that he is a a gay stereotype character. Yeah. And again, like we're talking about you have an idol, like a failed idol who is supposed to be somebody who is sort of an avatar for like purity. Purity, but also like the beginnings of adolescent sexual feelings. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the they're squeaky clean, but it's like they're four 13 year olds who are like figuring out what boners are. Like that's Yep. That's who likes them. So you have that, and then you have gay predator Dan Shokudino, and they like Maki uses Dan Shokudino's number one defense against him she kisses him yeah and he's like oh gross which i think is like very cool yeah it's (laughs) it's again to go back to what i said earlier in terms of like there was this moment of like 2012 to 2016 of like a lot of women 
sort of especially on, on internet communities like reclaiming a lot of things and like reclaiming for lack of a better term grossness yeah um like i mean this is again i'm relating this to me but how else am i going to relate to things for a number of years my display name on twitter was big titty larper it was a joke um and it was a joke rooted in a similar fuck you i'm taking this back mm-hmm. because i was at an american apparel outlet with a friend of mine and she was trying on clothes uh and i just like tried on a cape in there just just to see what it would look like and she came out and she's not listening to this or whatever uh she was one of those people who i'm sure you've run across this too uh other girls who are not comfortable with themselves so in order to fake that comfort they kind of have to throw another person under the bus sure and like that happened to me a lot especially in my like late teens early 20s of like rachel has huge boobs or whatever and she was that type and so she would do it to kind of sort of indicate like an alpha over me i guess and Mm -hmm. she screamed you look like a big titty larper Mm -hmm. and tried to embarrass me and Mm -hmm. she repeated it online and she tried to embarrass me and my knee-jerk reaction which is i feel which is why i think i relate to maki so much was fuck you i'm making that my that my display name for three years yeah yeah and like so to see that sort of enacted in a ring is like a really i never thought i would see that yeah i mean i definitely um feel that with my stand-up especially when I was like pretty new to stand-up I I don't feel like I have this impulse anymore but especially again as like a younger woman Mm -hmm. like a lot of my first um bits especially the first bits that I got to work were um me talking about moments in my life where I felt like I didn't have the sort of narrative power like moments that were embarrassing for me or vulnerable for me and that were genuinely uncomfortable and being able to turn those moments into a, a successful stand-up act was like a really incredible um, uh, form of reclamation for me and to get my voice back in those moments. And I feel like Maki talks in the interview about like how sometimes she goes home after a promo and is like, Oh God, why did I say that? But like everything I do comes from this place of earnest desperation, which is like so uh, relatable because of that. Like that is, and I think that like a lot of women, like you said, do have that tendency to sort of, it's like this automatic, like you, you can't stop it. This like need to disclose all of this uncomfortable stuff because then it can't hurt you. Nobody can, can, nobody can, you know, take it away from you when you're the one saying it. Issa Rae has a whole career based on this. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that definitely is like part of it. And I feel like her, um, fighting this like creep and like, yeah, being like, fuck you. I'm going to kiss you is, is a very fun, like sort of, it's similar in the sense that it's turning that stuff inside out. Yeah. And, uh, she also like, she takes some bumps in this and, um, I really, really like that the end promo is her crying, which like doesn't happen a lot. It, it like wrestlers, we we want them to suffer in specific ways. Like we we want them to sell, and and when you have like the kind of heroic baby face who gets creamed like a Johnny Gargano or something, like you want them, you want to see them hurt, but you don't. It's again, it's a very specific type of hurt that is acceptable and crying into the microphone, like sobbing into the microphone after your match is not 
an acceptable form of wrestling suffering. <laughs> and so the fact that she does it again, just like, there's just too much. Like it just needs to come out. And I just like really, really responded to that. Oh yeah. Yeah. She also, um, she starts singing after a while, like her promo after the match is really long. Yeah. And she goes from like scream crying to like scream singing. And the audience is sort of like weirdly clapping along with her. And again, it's all in Japanese and there's no translation. So I don't know what she's saying, but again, like just this character of this, like, she just wants people to like her and she doesn't know how to get people to like her. And it's like, fuck, haven't we all felt that? God, (laughs) God, you watched me like thrive on that (laughs) for almost a week of like, and when she says in that interview that we referenced where she was like, I could get maybe five people to talk to me when I was an idol. And now people like this yeah people respond to my suffering and like people respond to my it's you know we're generation overshare yes exactly people like it's you know we i've there's valid complaints of like you're talking too much about your depression in a fetishistic way but like people are responding to it it's just like you know you know how this is of like when you have a tweet blow up and you feel your brain readjust because it got a serotonin pop yeah i think there's also like it's not even just the oversharing it's it's also the the failure like yeah. it's the like the fuck upness of it and there's like there's a lot of different ways that people have sort of interpreted a character of a fuck up in wrestling but i feel like this is a very uniquely feminine fuck up yes and that's what's like very cool about it and yes what makes it like i think speak to so many people um yeah like i just i i just feel her like when like you said you want to scream with her like she's just she's a really wonderful performer but there's also so much that goes into this character yeah and I will say that also like obviously we as women respond to her in a different way but if you look at the people we the line of people who were lining up to meet her was like very varied oh yeah of just kind of like people respond to this of just kind of like I'm fucking idiot and like it's a different sort of I'm a fucking idiot like I don't What's the best way to phrase this? Like I, like I said, we talked about it in the Oedo Tai episode of the glass gutter of like, I'm a dirt bag. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a different, it's a different form of it. Yeah. Cause I feel like with Oedo Tai and like the, the sort of fun dirt bag thing, it's like, I don't care what you think. And with Maki Ito, it's like, I care way too much what you think. Yes. And like, thank you. Both of those are, are relatable at certain times. And yeah, a lot of people relate to this character. I'm just talking about my own personal experience. And like, as a woman, I have not seen this interpreted through wrestling. Totally. Before. Totally. This match also sort of has this great transformative thing of her entrance where she comes in and she's very I I mean I don't actually know that much about like traditional idol stuff but what one would imagine would be traditional idol where she comes out and she's smiling and she's cute and she's like holding up the peace sign and is like waving to people and it's just adorable and to watch her transform into like this ugly beast and like this again <laughs> this devolving femininity yeah is really it's a really great encapsulation of the character and so it doesn't surprise me that this is the one that took off for her yeah i i mean she comes in and she immediately starts um giving dino drop kicks and he just totally no sells them like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't fall down or anything which like again is just like man maki you're just like me trying to live my life and like <laughs> And Denshoku Dino is just like everything. Denshoku Dino is like 
the world how the world responds to women like ignoring you and then trying to kiss you like yeah. that's it yeah and you're just trying to fucking drop kick it and it won't move dan Gudino <laughs> is the closing subway doors yes. as you're late to work exactly <laughs> that is exactly what he is yeah <laughs> it's very it's very good yeah i can totally see why this was like something that sort of brought her uh some some regard and like also like i said like look we're talking a lot about this character. It's because this character is really wonderful. She's not a particularly good wrestler. Like, no. <laughs> but that's like, A, not important. B, kind of works for the character because she is like kind of a failure. Um, but like, sh- I can see if she's so new in this match, like she's only been wrestling for like a year or two. And she is at the very least willing to take a lot of bumps. Like she gives the promo afterward and she has a for real, like a big fat lip. Like, she yep. got fucked up and she's willing to get fucked up. And I feel like that counts for a lot. I feel like that's sort of why people respect David Arquette too. Yeah, totally. Of just kind of like, you know, you're, you have a weird entry into this, but like you are, you are willing to almost die. You're honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there are definitely parallels to stand up with that where like you can, there are people who like, who, who do stand up for a long time and they never really put it together and, and they just kind of keep plugging away at it and, and you, no one will ever tell them and you don't want to be mean, but it's like, you're probably not like, if you haven't put it together yet, you're probably not going to like figure it out. But there are people who respect the craft, who work hard and who want to be good. And that's the big thing is like it, in stand up, like if you want to be good, people will respect you even if you're not there yet. It's a matter of like, you don't want to take the shortcuts. You don't, you don't pander. Like you want to learn how to do this. You refuse to make Tinder jokes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, and like, I I think that that's like, you can tell in this match that she wants to be good. And like that is, it counts for a lot. It does. It does. It absolutely does. So, um, that like was kind of her breakout. Now we're sort of getting into what she's, what she's up to these days, which uh, the first thing we watched with her was um, one of the first matches that I saw with her that really stood out to me, which was a tag match that she had. It was um, a Sendai girls versus Tokyo Joshi pro tag match. Yes. And uh, it was um, Cassandra Miyagi, who is now Andres Miyagi, who's in Oedo Tai actually. And uh, Mako Satomura versus um, Saki, what's her name? Saki Akai, something like that. I think so. She's like the tall thing. Yeah, yeah. She's also beautiful. Yeah, we saw her at, at DDT. It was her and uh, Maki versus Mako and, and Miyagi. And uh, it kicked ass. It was really good. Um, uh, Maki's kind of whole thing lately has been that she's trying to prove herself, again, that she wants to be good. Yes. And again, this is this this fits in line with like, how I see myself in her of like, yeah, I'm a fuck up, but like, I'm going to try really hard to impress the people I want to impress. Yeah. And, and again, like this, maybe it's not going to be pretty, but I'm going to give it all I have. Like they got in a little bit of a tweet war and, uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny cause Mako was like, I'd love to beat the willpower out of this girl. And Maki was like, please, please. <laughs> yes. Me beat it out of me. Which that, is like so great. That gif of her crying when like a Mako was like, I respect her or I forget the exact quote that I, you, I'm getting worked hard and I'm fucking loving it. Yeah. And just like killing yourself for the respect again. She wants to be liked so bad. Yeah. And it's like so fucking relatable. God. And then the match is great. It's yeah. really good. You get everything you want out of it. Uh, she gets her ass kicked by Mako. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you know, actually 
I said she wasn't like Nikki Cross earlier, but Nikki Cross smiling while she gets choked out. Sort of similar, yeah. Very similar. Very similar. They do have kind of a similar like berserker vibe to them. Like when they go <laughs> off. I like berserker vibe. When they go off, they go off. And Cassandra Miyagi kind of has that too. Because she's like a, like a little hellion. Like she's. Yeah. She's so cool. I, I found her, her. She was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. I like somebody in that hairstyle not having a fully gothic outfit. Like she's yeah. wearing purple. Yeah, she looks like a member of KISS or something. She looks like a Japanese female KISS tribute band. So better than KISS. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like a KISS I would want to see. <laughs> um, yeah, she's rad. Um, I, I, I'm excited to watch more of her stuff in stardom. But uh, yeah, I I will say the one negative thing I have to say about this is like, I I thought uh, Saki was like cool and we saw her and, and I've seen her in some stuff and like, Maybe this is body shaming of me, but like none of her moves look like they have any power. Like it doesn't look like she can hurt anybody. And that like bothers me. She wasn't on in this match. I don't feel. Yeah. She, I guess I haven't seen a ton of her stuff. I've only seen her twice, but like her live was different than this match. Yeah. That's, I was just like, I was underwhelmed because, and and again, like it might just be by my internal misogynistic bias against thin women. (laughs) Beautiful, thin, leggy woman. Yeah. Who's, you know, I don't her, want to get into size numbers, but like obviously is pretty she's very small. Thin. I, I will say uh, her gear kicks ass. Her gear is really good. Her gear is really, really cool. Yeah. Everybody in this match had great gear. Yeah. I mean, like when she's going up against uh, Cassandra Miyagi and they're doing the test of strength thing, they right. get a big pop from the audience with from Miyagi looking at the, like, like looking around like, who, who is this for? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she's clearly way, she could break Saki's arm if she wanted. Oh uh, God. I think. Something we talked about uh, on the Best Friends episode is um, not nihilism in wrestling and like wrestling as sort of this like total abandon of like everything where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to give myself brain damage because like what else is there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like this match made me think about that a lot. Like that idea that maki runs in there when she first gets the tag to go against mako she runs in there so enthusiastically fully knowing she is going to die like fully knowing she's gonna get her ass kicked and she is very enthusiastically running in there to get her ass kicked and the interview that we read it the english translation of it is throwing your life away with maki ito which is like very relatable (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've just and you know we have we joke around that too in like a slightly different way of like you know kick my ass mom or like you know i i want i want them to chop me or like throw me off a building throw me off a building king (laughs) you know suplex me buddy or like ignore me nido yeah But that's, again, a real inaction of those things. And that's, I think, why it's I I get it. Yeah, I get it. And it's also like, you know, I've talked about this specifically of like there are certain matches where you watch where it's like that person just must be honored to be there. Like, right. The honor of like Suzuki beating the shit out of you. Yeah. I, I'm so happy for wrestlers who get to have that experience for the first time. For sure. And I'm that's sort of what it is too. Absolutely. Like, and this is also a person who, you know, has a very intimate understanding of fan dynamics. Yeah. 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 Of like the fact that she made her own respect army. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. But that's also like there's this inversion of it of just kind of like the like the girl who went to the to, to 
jail for not wanting to be in the IDF and said she that the, the what got her through it is Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like that is again I'm just kind of like fuck me up mom. The thing <laughs> that I thought of with that with the Edo Respect Army which first of all is an amazing name. Yeah. It's like so funny. It's 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 Rihanna Navy. Yeah. It's yeah. Edo Respect Army very good. I just like respect is a very funny thing to put in there. Um but like so she did this music video with another Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestler uh, for the Edo Respect Army of her entrance music. And uh, it reminded me kind of of like the Rebecca Black Friday. Like you're okay. making your own you're making your own music video, like your yeah. own vanity project to be yeah. like, no, I didn't fail as an idol. Like, God damn it. I'm doing it. And I just like I thought that was so funny. Oh, you know what I just realized? What? The reasons I like her are sort of the reasons I like Elias. How, how so i'm just kind of like i'm failing fuck you yeah. like i'm here to have an old man who pretends to be a mortician kick my ass <laughs> and i have to pretend to do it and i'm going to do it every time like that's that's the joy i get from elias is like <laughs> just fucking up yeah. like every time i get good at guitar braun Strowman shows up with an up- upright bass yeah like he's here to fuck me up <laughs> i mean similar to elias like Maki Ito almost always loses, which is like fun. Like <laughs> yeah. she doesn't win very much. Yeah. Um. The the other match that we watch, she actually does win in, which is a match to determine who is the cutest. Yeah, but like I loved that because in the who is the cutest match, she looks way more fucked up and ugly, and like that's such a good joke of yeah. like. I want. I'm the cutest. Yeah, and she's like going crazy. <laughs> yeah. On this other girl who, um, it's Natsumi Maki is the other one who has very cool gear. Um. She she is really cute. She her face like the first thing I thought when I saw her was that um, she reminds me of like an actress David Lynch would cast. She has like this look about her like these like really big eyes and the small mouth that I feel like David Lynch ladies like often have. So what's interesting about her in the who is the cutest match is that the other woman also had an unconventional route into wrestling. Really? Which is how I learned that from Chris Wolf. What was Uh, it's she was an actor. Oh, okay. So, like, she got into it through that route. Yeah. Which is, like, that's sort of a really interesting thing of, like, I wasn't good at this, so I'm going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and they, they're both from entertainment in other yeah. ways. I will say the other one is better wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I think she's I think she's probably better. Um, But, yeah, I just... It, I, sometimes, like, I s- a little bit roll my eyes at, like, who's the cutest, but then I also think, like... Like I said, I was a little sort of skeptical of Tokyo Joshi Pro because it's like, is this going to be just like for perverts? But the thing is, like, DDT is also for perverts. So it's like kind of okay. Like, it doesn't bother me when they do more kind of sexualized stuff with the women because they also do sexualized stuff with the men. We watched two dudes like touch butts for a full 60 seconds and they made us chant we want ass yeah like and ddt like frequently does shows that are women only and like specifically cater to like look how cute these guys are so oh they magic mike yeah yeah they do so at least there's like equal objectification of people um but yeah i just i just thought that was interesting as opposed to like something like stardom which is um like stardom the wrestling in stardom is like fucking top-notch it's amazing but it is run kind of with through a pervert lens and like the guy who runs it is a little bit of a pervert yeah so i i like i don't know it's just just interesting isn't stardom the one that has the yo guy or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly 
it's it's a little bit for perverts like Rossi Ogawa is kind of weird but, but I mean we're also we identify as respectful perverts exactly so exactly. you know it's sort of this <laughs> relative scale I feel um but yeah so Maki won and she's the cutest even though she was all fucked up um <laughs> and the next thing that she's doing that actually is happening the day after this episode comes out is she's going to fight Aja Kong. Oh my God. Which like she's going to die and it's going to rule, but she's going to love dying. <laughs> yeah. She's going to die. So great. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I really love the, the, the sort of the way she loses it in Twitter fights with people <laughs> yeah. of just kind of like also very relatable. <laughs> she tries to start off respectful and like tries to beat you in a war of wits and then she immediately says fuck you you old hag (laughs) which is again so relatable (laughs) of just kind of like like uh shut up ugly yeah (laughs) yeah totally totally she would totally again she would delete it fat like yeah for sure delete it fat exactly (laughs) yeah it's so apparently this like feud started a while ago because DDT DDT the promotion of like dumb rumbles like they love a dumb rumble they did an Aja Kong rumble where everybody had Aja Kong face paint that's on that's so good which is so funny that's really funny yeah I, I love when people do like homages to other wrestlers like oh I'm this person now so I have to do their moves like I just think that's like really funny I, I enjoy it that reminds me of like you know how people always do like the Steve Zizou thing for Halloween every year you see yeah. people that's a similar that's a similar bit but like we're all Aja Kong yeah or like a couple years ago I mean it was kind of rooted in a crueler thing where everyone was like a different iteration of Britney Spears right and then yeah, you yeah. had the one guy be like the meltdown version which sure. is like fuck you that's fucked up um but it's 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 a very very funny concept yeah, and uh, she looked super crazy, and she like went up and screamed in Aja Kong's face, and then Aja Kong like I think clotheslined her, and then like, and then she was like, "Wow, you're so strong!" And then they got in a fight. Um, it's funny because they got in a fight because Aja said, uh, "My face is smaller than yours," which is like a really funny, like maybe that just translates weird, or like that's something that they care about in Japan. But like, I just would never think to like. You have a big face. Yeah. I've had that said to me as an insult. <laughs> I have a big head. <laughs> There's also like apparently someone tweeted at her like or someone tweeted and she name searched and it was like I met Maki Ito at the show like her face is really big or something and she quote tweeted it and she was like you have one hour to tweet that I'm cute. Just <laughs> like so good. Oh my god. <laughs> Again I relate to that so much because I I'm like pretty sensitive about like like certain facial features that I have or whatever and like so I used to have a problem of like looking for people being mean about that and that just perpetuates that cycle but hers is again like such a funny good version of that right it's turning it into entertainment for us which uh is how I've dealt with all my insecurities like I said with stand-up but also like yeah I'm completely immune to any comments about my appearance because I've done like nine million roasts and so it's just like it's just beaten out of me at this point, which is like what I feel like Makito's doing just physically getting it beaten out of her. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this match. It's also happening on my birthday. So this is a good birthday present for me. Ah, watching Maki die. Yeah. Watching Aja Kong murder her. Um, 
you know, big girl solidarity as much as I like Maki Ito. I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And I'm also excited for her. And like in a weird way, the fact that these sort of these legends are willing to, you know, OK, I'll have it out with you. Right. Shows that they also enjoy this character. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is like it is an honor to fight these people. It is an honor to get your ass kicked by them. And uh, I think it is a really cool um interpretation of a certain stereotype of women wrestlers you know like i i obviously like i really like the ass kickers like mako Satamura is like probably my favorite wrestler beat but, me up mom yeah but like there there is a a way to like say something and be like interesting without being just like a bruiser. Like there are other types of femininity that are that are subversive and interesting besides that. And I think that that is very cool. Yes, I completely agree. Um, before we go, I also just want to read this tweet that I feel like um, Rachel and I both, I feel like we've had this conversation before specifically about <laughs> this exact thing. So <laughs> I need to find it. I'm excited. Um, Maki tweeted... Uh, I'd been ignoring this guy who was trying to persuade me to do sex work, but when he told me, I'll give you a thousand yen just to add me, add me online, I added him, took the money, then immediately blocked him. Yep. <laughs> I had a feeling it would be that tweet. One of our girls, just fucking a woman of after our own heart. She, I, I, because she, I feel she's such a reflection of like these certain eras of like online girls. I'm excited <laughs> for her fandom phase. Yeah. Her wish list in the bio phase is going to like really nail some punches on me and how I acted. Oh man. <laughs> Dude, Maki, get an Amazon wish list up. You will do great. <laughs> you will do great. Um, speaking of if you like to buy people things, uh, we have a Patreon. Hey, so, good segue. <laughs> Look at you go. If you want to fund some e-girls, uh, here we are. Uh, Patreon.com slash I don't want to steal e-girl valor. That's true. We're not e-girls. Yeah. Um, but if you want to give us money, we're women online and uh, we would appreciate it. So if you sign up, we do two plus full bonus episodes every month. Um, we have a wonderful Discord community. We have uh, pretty detailed episode notes for every episode up on there for patrons. So definitely check that out. Um, we also have some t-shirts, uh, check Twitter for that kind of stuff. Um, we have a few t-shirts left. We'll have it linked. Yeah. I also have two other podcasts. Um, what a time to be alive, which is about funny news stories and lie, cheat and steal, which is about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. So, uh, check those out. I am, when this episode is released, I am about to be on tour. So if you live in New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, or Massachusetts, I have gigs, uh, Burlington may fourth i think conquered may 6th something like that check my twitter i don't remember cool uh speaking of e-girls uh buy cat seafood in those states please do buy me a lobster roll um i i also in uh our West Coast producer, Elby, who puts together all these wonderful notes for us, has launched their own Patreon. Um, you can uh, support them on their Patreon for Hunkology, which is patreon.com slash hunkdeers. And they are also currently covering WWE for fanbite.com. And their recaps are probably the only recaps I will ever read. The best. They're the best recaps. They're really good recaps. I've read other ones. They're the best ones. Oh, they're really... I Immediately, I was like, whatever I forget about WrestleMania, they will tell me the highlights. Mm -hmm. um, and I also... I made a documentary with my dad about uh, voting rights and uh, gerrymandering reform in Pennsylvania. It's called Line in the Street, and you can stream or watch it at lineinthestreet.com. Um, we love you, Maki. 
Yeah, come on the show. Come on the show. Or just like let us buy you something. You're the best. Oh, please. Okay. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.